2: Wow, you've got an amazing idea for the game-changing new product or service of the century. But OMG, no money to bring it to market. What are you going to do? Well, I have a couple of suggestions. Start by begging for seed money from your FFF circle. Let me explain. Family, friends, and fools. You know who you are. But if or when that fails rather predictably, you can cast your hopes heavenward for a willing angel investor who has startup capital. What a brilliant idea. But if you're really dreaming big, you can also look for a venture capitalist with millions to invest. Invest in your hopefully amazingly high-growth idea. Sounds simple? Not so much. Your road ahead is paved with decision trees and gotcha traps. I have a quote from one of my guests today. Gaurav Tavari says, Picking the right investor is one of the most crucial decisions for an entrepreneur. If you thought getting married is a commitment, try raising money. And Sand Hill's M.R. Rangaswamy, a longtime angel investor himself, offers an election-year appropriate analogy. Mr. says, CEOs of startups and politicians have one thing in common. They are perennially raising money. So pour a cup and join us for food for thought on the sweet and sour of investing do's and don'ts of making the deal. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. If I sound different, we've got a whole new set of audio equipment. Today is the debut, and I hear that it should be crystal clear, so we're hoping. I'm going to introduce my guests very briefly, and then we'll hear from them with their opening provocative quotes. And regular listeners, you know what that means. Mr. Rangaswamy is the founder of Sand Hill Group publisher of Sandhill.com yes write that down one word Sandhill.com and an angel investor in 35 companies over the last 15 years he has been busy Gaurav Tavari is an executive director at SAP Ventures he is also a co-inventor on nine issued US technology patents and I have to tell you this he got his MBA from Wharton he was graduated as valedictorian as a Ford fellow he holds BA and master's degrees in computer science and economics from M- MIT. Garv will meet you in just a moment. And Chris O'Connor, our third guest, is co-founder and CEO at TAPTERA, maker of consumer-like mobile apps that employees want with the systems companies already have. And Chris is no slouch. He holds a BSC in nuclear engineering. Never had a nuclear engineer, a nuclear scientist on the show before. So let's kick it off with Mr. Talk to me about your quote. Mr. CEOs of startups and politicians have one thing, thing in common: perennially raising money. Welcome. How are you, Mr.? Hey,
3: great, Bonnie D. Nice to call you Bonnie D. For a change.
2: Anyway,
4: my,
3: <laughs> my quote is for this election year, and it's uh, very, very appropriate. If you are starting up a company, you probably need money to start with, even incorporating the company. And you probably reach out to your credit cards to do that. And once you've done that, you got to raise real money. And that's when you probably, like you mentioned, hit family and friends and fools. And when that fails, uh, you look for outsiders. And eventually, you hopefully get venture capital and then capital to scale your company and expand your company. And eventually, hopefully, an IPO. So when you look at this process, the CEO and the founder of the company is, I believe, looking to raise money all the time, whether it's from capital, i.e. these types of investors, or from customers who are going to pay you lots of money because your products are so great. So I think the CEO's primary job in a company, obviously, is to make sure there's enough money in the bank so that They can build products, service customers, grow the company, expand their sales force, on and on. And so that's why I said when you look at politicians and CEOs, that's the one thing they have in common. Hopefully not too many more than that. But, uh, and, Mr.
2: I have, a, I have a question for you. I think everybody wants to know this, at least I do. What does it feel like to walk around with a halo for 15 years? You're an angel. Do people think of you as an angel? Because angel implies you, you've saved somebody, you're a blessing, you're from heaven. Seriously, what, the connotation of angel, talk to me. How does that mean? How does it work for you in the business context, Mr.
3: Yeah, I was uh, fortunately an angel before the term angel investor was, uh, was coined, and so the main thing that results from having this kind of title is you get hit for, hit up for money from all kinds of people with all kinds of ideas. Uh, and, and the most provocative one was I got a call a few years ago from a guy in Florida who was building a new Club Med-type resort, and everything was great in the conversation till he told me it was for nudists. <laughs> and uh, I, I had visions of uh, this guy presenting to me live and uh, I felt like hanging up the phone, right? So you get, you get up for all kinds of deals. Uh, but sure. these days though, most of the time I get calls from technology companies.
2: Well, interesting, Mr. We just got the stats in for our listenership for the month of March 2012. We're up to over 23,000 people. So I hate to tell you, but the word is out. <laughs> we can't turn that back. With your with your permission, I'd like to bring on our second guest on the panel, Garv Tavari from SAP Ventures. Garv, welcome to Coffee Break. How are you today?
5: Good morning, Bonnie. Good, thank you, i'm well, and thank you very much for the kind introduction.
2: Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Now let's talk about your opening quote. Picking the right investor is one of the most crucial decisions for an entrepreneur. If you thought getting married is a commitment, <laughs> try raising money. Talk to me. Tell me your experience uh, from the VC side of the table.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's it's important to understand, you know, both from the venture capitalist perspective, but but more importantly, perhaps from the entrepreneur's perspective, that raising money establishes a partnership and a very real partnership. You know, the average marriage in the United States these days lasts about seven to eight years. Uh, and guess what? The average venture-backed company from inception to exit takes about seven to eight years. So we're talking about, you know, a partnership between an investor and an entrepreneur that's uh, going to last for a meaningful amount of time. Uh, the investor is going to have, me- you know, a lot of input in terms of the direction, the strategy, the operations of the company. And if you're an entrepreneur, it behooves you, right, to pick the right partner, because uh, building mm-hmm. a company can be like a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. and you want the partner who's going to be with you not only when uh, when times are good and everything is uh, looking rosy, but also, uh, you know, those those that every company has to go through, uh, and the low points when uh, entrepreneurs and their and their fledgling companies need support. So, so I think, you know, as first-time entrepreneurs, it's often tempting for folks to think, well, everyone's money is green. And uh, what do I care where, where I get it from as long as I can, you know, whether it's uh, friends, family and fools, whether it's somebody else, uh, you know, as long as I've cash to start my company, it's it's fine. And to some extent, you know, friends and family will be less than you're here, but I can guarantee you professional investors, professional angels will want to say in how the business is being run.
2: You bet. I have a a provocative question for you, Garf. I'm thinking the opposite of angel we all know is devil. I hate to bring this up, but if MR is the angel and you're the VC, does devil ever come in? You know, the devil's in the details, but we're talking about this marriage of the entrepreneur, the brainstormer, if you will, and the people with the deep pockets, and that's you sometimes. Any devilish uh, working in there where they would say to you, hey, what are you trying to do to me? Just briefly, what do you think?
5: (laughs) Well, it, well the good news about, you know, and the investor-entrepreneur relationship is that your incentives, your mutual incentives are exactly aligned. At the end of the day, an investor wants exactly the same thing as an entrepreneur, meaning that both are meaningful shareholders in the business and both want to maximize the value of the company and maximize shareholder value. So the good news is it, it isn't an adversarial relationship in, by any stretch. However, it's mm-hmm. a relationship in which you know both parties will eventually have a say uh, from everything about business strategy to hiring and company building, when to sell, when not to sell, when to raise money. Um, and meaningful investors will typically have you know uh, certain in shareholder standard shareholder rights that give them a say in these matters. so I, I would not characterize as devil at all. Uh, <laughs> I'd say the incentives are aligned. However, you know, just like in a marriage, while theoretically incentives are aligned, Boy, doesn't it help if you get along?
2: It sure does. And on that note, where I'm going to bring on the third person on our panel, Chris O'Connor, co-founder and CEO at Tapterra. And Chris, I want to welcome you so much. You are one of the beneficiaries of the angel qualities of MR. So welcome. You are a case study today. How are you, Chris?
4: Uh, I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I'm uh, Proud to be, I guess, your first nuclear uh, engineer, nuclear physicist on the <laughs> on the show. <laughs> uh, now like a-
2: I have a quote. I have a quote from you that I didn't include in the intro, Chris. I want everybody to hear this, and we have a couple minutes to chat about this. The quote is, go west. The Valley's VC climate is still the best in the U.S. and the best in the world. Friends from Europe and Australia come here, too. Talk to me. What do we mean about the Valley's VC climate, Chris? Sure, Uh, and I think Gaurav brought up a
4: good point. Um, While there are other areas that are starting to see maturity around um, the types of uh, support and funds that are available to folks like me and Taptera when we were starting taptera um, there's still a level of maturity um, especially over you know a longer haul as companies like Taptera are looking to go from uh, seed I- investment to um to VC where you're not concerned solely about raising capital but doing it in a smart way and doing it in a way where you can kind of co-manage that growth find or reach out and connect to um, your angel network when you you need to get board, new board members, hire the right people, get introduced to the right um, companies to sell your products. Um, there's just a, a level of interconnectedness out here in the Valley that uh, still seems to draw most of my friends and colleagues. Um, I have a number of friends in Europe, um, uh, folks, folks from London, Amsterdam, and definitely when they get beyond the kind of you know one or two guys kicking around an idea stage, there's a long a month long trek to the valley to um to start to look at ways that they can get plugged into that network uh and i think it's um it's hard to underestimate the value of that network effect um so it's not just maybe it's not just a marriage but it's a marriage where um you understand the the extended family that you're marrying into and uh you know have uh have your spouse that's able to call the uh aunts and uncles to uh to help out as needed <laughs>
2: Very interesting. I'm loving the analogies here. We're just about ready to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be hearing a lot more from our angel MR, from our VC expert, Garv, and from our... Entrepreneur of the day, Chris O'Connor from Tapterra. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and you know what happens when we come back after the break. We're going to talk about coffee. Going to find out what my guests are drinking today, and we have a bunch of tweets waiting to be read on the air. So we'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, however, you're listening. We love it. And we'll be right back with more of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Hang tight.
1: systems For secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device, www.sap.com. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be more, achieve more can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
2: And here we are, and it's time to talk about coffee. So let's go down the guest list, see what everybody's drinking today. MR, what's in your cup?
3: Okay, there's a little bit of story behind my coffee. uh, I consider myself a coffee connoisseur, but my friends think I'm a coffee snob, because every week (laughs) I buy a different uh, coffee from different places, and they have to just be roasted beans. I grind my own coffee, and this week... Uh, we have a great neighborhood restaurant called Spruce, where uh, the, the the owner there really goes and seeks out amazing coffees. And so this week I have here with me a Brazil Chapada Diamantina, and this is grown in the state of Bahia. It's uh, the the forest actually seven hours from the main city of Salvador. And chapadas are rock formations, and they've eroded over time and created an alluvial basin. So actually, coffee is grown amongst these towering uh, mountains, and it's a it's a it's a fantastic cup of coffee. It's called Chapada Diamantina.
2: Beautiful story. Thank you very much. That's a new one for us, Garov. What are you drinking today?
5: <laughs> well, Bonnie, <laughs> I've got a delicious blend of hot Indian masala tea here. Which is quite apropos, given uh, my upcoming trip to India at the end of the week, where I'm uh, about to head out for uh, several days to meet uh, some of the what I what I believe are the foremost entrepreneurs and technology startups in the country.
2: Fantastic! That sounds like an exciting trip. We can talk about that a little more later, Garv. Thank you. And Chris O'Connor, Taptera, what are you drinking today?
4: Sure, Bonnie. So I think my palate may be more of a maybe less refined, or I I just tend to stick with. Uh, what I like that uh, currently in my cup is a, a roast called a Lava Flow Roast out of Maui. Um, I really enjoy drinking it every morning because it, it elicits a lot of memories of time spent in Maui, and uh, it's grown locally. Um, I'm able to get some bags when friends go over there uh, and grind it uh, every morning.
2: Very nice. And I have to say I'm not drinking a Starbucks decaf mocha light, whatever I was used to drinking. I invented a new smoothie today, and it's just an ice cube and cranberry juice, half a banana, and a big smile, and it was fantastic. Really, really refreshed me. We have a stream of tweets waiting to be read on the air. Jeff is drinking a Starbucks Dark Espresso roast. Thank you, Jeff. So loyal to the show. We appreciate it. Malcolm, our big Equator coffee fan, is is loving the free trade and organic beans grown in LATAM and brought to him in the U.S. by Equator Coffees. Maybe we'll get the exact flavor later from Malcolm. Kristen has a poem for us. Roses are red, violets are blue. SAP Radio Coffee rocks, and I'm drinking a mango raspberry tea brew. Happy Wednesday. Thank you, Kristen. Always full of smiles. And the beautiful Wendy is enjoying a very smooth cup of cappuccino while she's listening to Game Changers. If anybody out there is listening live, we are April 18th, 1128 eastern tweet us at pound sign sap radio coffee and we'll read your coffee or whatever you're drinking on the air now let's get back to our discussion about the sweet and sour of investing i want to talk to chris o'connor chris what did you think when you were ready to go out of the gate and say i have this great idea for taptera i need some funding were you thinking angel first were you thinking vc what, on the scale of 0 to 100 how big was your idea and how ambitious were you when you sought your initial funding
4: so I think most uh successful entrepreneurs definitely feel their ideas are all on the 10 scale rather than the one scale. Um, okay. Tempering that, um, uh, there's definitely a desire to still eat um, and and have coffee in your mug at the same time uh, while focusing on growing the business. Um, so my co-founder and I um, spent a, a bit of time prior to getting funding going the three F's route. Um but as you mentioned, uh, there's usually an emphasis on the fool's portion of that. Um, and then uh, after three months, uh, started to look at ways that we could take our mobile products and really start to scale or accelerate. And that's um, that's usually, uh, from what I found, a, a key time to start having those angel and VC uh, conversations. Um, we looked at both options uh, and have definitely benefited from um, um, focusing on the angel route first.
2: Thank you, Chris. Now I want to ask, I'm going to first ask Mr. and then garav Mr. when somebody comes to you and says, I hear you're an angel, you've got pockets deep enough to get me off the ground, are you thinking, as we sometimes think in a relationship, a marriage, a dating relationship, is this going to be a long-term love affair? Do you think this is more appropriate for VC, I'm going to pass them on to somebody I know, or do you say, wow, I want to get in on the ground floor? What's your perspective, Mr.
3: Yeah, be, Being an angel investor, we have a different set of commitments and timeframes. We don't run a fund, mm-hmm. so it's my personal money and all my fellow angels' personal money. And so we don't have a specific uh, fund that's uh, expiring in 10 years or 5 years. Uh, our limited partners tend to be her spouses, <laughs> and uh, so we don't have outside capital. So we take a very different view on things. My approach to Mm -hmm. looking at deals is really building that chemistry with the founder like we have with Chris. You know, if we can't work together, uh, I'm not interested that much in the deal, even if it might be the best deal in the world, because for the most part, with your investment, you want to work with an entrepreneur over a long period of time, and you want to enjoy that relationship. And, in fact, uh, yesterday I was uh, helping Chris hire his uh, VP of sales, and having a conversation with this candidate, he mentioned uh, the same thing. He said, hey, can I be in a car with you for two hours and really enjoy the trip? Uh, and so that's what we look for in, in initially uh, with with an, uh, an entrepreneur is chemistry. Uh, and then the business and then the funding and so things sort itself out. But I really look for that chemistry up front.
2: And how long do you expect that wonderful dating relationship to last, Mr. Would it be a year, two years, five years? Are you still around when they move to the VC realm?
3: Yeah, what we do typically with entrepreneurs, Bonnie, is we become lined with the entrepreneur's own objectives and goals. And so when they raise venture capital and stuff, the entrepreneur still needs a sounding board uh, to be part of his uh, team and effort and that's what we end up becoming is the entrepreneurs uh, conscience or alter ego or whatever uh, that the entrepreneur needs that's the role we end up taking so we have a role to play even when the company has grown much larger and and more successful if you talk to most entrepreneurs they'll kind of recall the days when they first got the seed money and how that relationship has been built over time so we stay friends we are aligned our business interests are aligned Like I said, our exit is lined with the entrepreneur's exit in mind, and we're not tied to a a fund.
2: Very interesting. Thank you. And, Gaurav, I want to talk to you about what investors look for in a prospective investment. You sent me a list here of team, market, product, business model, and deal. So is that an order of priority, or is that the chronology of how you approach this, Gaurav?
5: Yeah, I, I would say actually that is in rough order of of importance, kind of uh, from most important to to least important. You know, as far as uh, as far as evaluation of a prospective investment, uh, I think uh, you know typically we tend to, and I think this is true for men- most venture capital firms, uh, including SAP Ventures, we tend to invest in one out of about every hundred to two hundred companies that we meet with. So, and these are, you know, qualified companies that have some level of traction. We're typically looking at these companies, uh, you know, beyond the angel round, so they've kind of gotten past the concept stage. Uh, you know, there's generally more of a filled out team. There's, uh, at least a product or at least a version of a product that's, uh, that's marketable. Uh, there are initial customers, there's initial traction. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty strong filter and funnel, if you will. And I think uh, Mr. makes a great point, you know, and that's why team is fr- first on my list in the sense that chemistry with between the team and the entrepreneur is important, and it kind of, you know, kind of goes back to my first point around, uh, around the entrepreneur VC relationship, investor relationship being akin mm-hmm. to a marriage. Uh, you want to see the right chemistry there, and the ability to to get along helps. Uh, I, you know, when we look at it uh, at an investment, it starts with a team, which is a function of chemistry as well as competency. You know, then we look at Isabel. You know, if you've got a good team, we, you know, the theory is that a good team will figure out how to build a good product and be able to market it versus a bad team, you know, may not be able to get a good, may not even be able to get, you know, develop a viable business even in a phenomenal market. So we, we place a disproportionate emphasis on the team. And then we of course look at the market and then what the product is what the business model is and what the terms and conditions of the of the prospective investment round are kind of in that order
2: how prepared, Garve, how prepared do you expect the entrepreneur to be when they knock on your door or email you or finally get that golden appointment? I'm going to talk to Chris about that, that feeling of when he finally got in the door to, to speak with MR. So what do you expect them to have to be ready? Just, hey, I've got a brilliant idea and I hear you've got a deep pocket. Can we have lunch? I don't think that's going to cut it. What do you expect?
5: Yes, uh, great point. So in our in our case, in my case, right, I I typically tend to focus, uh, you know, beyond the angel stage. So at that stage, it's certainly more than an idea. And so what I'm looking for in a first meeting with an entrepreneur. So first of all, I think it matters how the entrepreneur comes in. It's a lot easier to get an investor's attention if the entrepreneur comes in through a trusted channel, you know, if it's through an angel investor such as Mr. Who I trust who refers an entrepreneur to me. Whether it's someone in my network, uh, if the entrepreneur can find a way to get to you through a trusted intermediary, that immediately, you know, uh, puts, puts, differentiates them relative to the, you know, substantial amounts of unsolicited inbound inquiries every venture firm and our firm tend to get. So I think that matters. And then secondly, when I, when I meet with an entrepreneur, I expect them. You know, to have a coherent uh, story about why their business is a compelling investment opportunity. I'm expecting them to be somewhat promotional because, at the end of the day, it is the entrepreneur's job to get an investor excited about the prospects of the business. And it's mm-hmm. not just about the prospects of their business, but it's also getting the investor convincing the investor that it is their business out of the hundred or so other opportunities that the investor has seen that merits being funded, that pre- presents the most compelling investment opportunity in terms of potential. Returns and rewards. Uh, So I expect an investor to have uh, an entrepreneur to to have a coherent story around that. And then you know, of course, we tend to drill deep into certain aspects. Uh, Oftentimes, that's the substance of follow-on meetings. Uh, But you know, from my perspective, I'm looking for an entrepreneur to have fluency around their market. I expect them to Mm -hmm. have you know, started thinking about assembling a good team. Uh I expect them to articulate why they what makes them special, what's their secret sauce if you will. Uh mm-hmm. I expect them to tell me what it why is it that they're defensible. You know, why why can't the next guy come along and out innovate the entrepreneur who's uh you know innovating certain incumbents today. So I, I think it's all of those things that kind of, you know, holistically sort of mesh together Uh, You know, from my perspective into my overall assessment of a company and quite frankly it's shaped by, you know, seeing hundreds of companies each year and having been doing, having done this for the last seven years.
2: Sure, and I want to bring up, we have just about oh, 30 seconds till break, but I have to get Chris O'Connor in here. Chris, in your notes, you mentioned to me that you believe your work at Genentech is a great pedigree to have. So I just want you to speak very quickly, and we'll pick this up after the break, Chris. Uh, in terms of pedigree, you as the entrepreneur, you as the idea person, did you think – over a period of years, I had better follow step A, B, C, D, and E. Before I get ready to talk to an MR or a VC, MR, meaning the angel, I'd better get myself in shape to be defensible and valid. What do you think? Were you working for this for years to get ready?
4: Uh, so I was working for this for years, not necessarily with the like objective of... Um uh, meeting and being defensible for MR, but literally to make sure that your heart and your, um, your soul is in the right place around such a big commitment in your life. And I think, um, that generates a lot of focus and a lot of, um, focus on the, the points that Guard mentioned, making sure that you understand the market, that you're able to credibly speak to the team and how you're going to build the product, um, that makes that angel discussion, um, more, you know, natural and, uh, um, kind of more of a point in time than an end goal, if that makes sense.
2: That makes a lot of sense, and we're going to hold that thought and come back with more of our roundtable here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and when we come back, we're going to get to what I think everybody's been waiting for is what ideas are hot right now? What's going to tickle MR as the angel and Gaurav Tavari as the VC venture capitalist? And why did Chris O'Connor be successful? How did he be successful? What did his idea have that really captivated their uh, their minds. We'll be right back with much more of Coffee Break with Game Changers.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, sapradio. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
2: Okay, and we're back, and I have a great quote quote from Chris O'Connor, founder, of, co-founder, and CEO of Tapterra. Chris says, "Mobile is hot. Mobile plus social, and there's our recipe for success, is even hotter." And Chris says, "Strike while the iron is hot." So, from the perspective and POV of an entrepreneur, Chris O'Connor, what's your thought about what our listeners can think through on their side if they want to also get into the game as Entrepreneurs. Sure.
4: Thanks, Bonnie. Um, So I think uh, all of your listeners will probably agree that we're firmly marching to a post PC space. Um, Apple's done a great job last quarter selling more iPads than uh, any other individual PC manufacturer. Um, And I I was in the Internet boom. I actually came out to San Francisco uh, back in the late 90s to be a dot com baby. Um, And mobile and social and sort of the post-PC world um, is definitely providing similar platforms. Um, so it's not so much that, uh, you know, folks are focusing on being the next Facebook, I think, at this point, or the next Apple, um, but that these are basic capabilities that are now permeating our lives that are becoming so second nature that uh, we're using them without realizing them. I'm on LinkedIn all the time, and... I'm checking mm-hmm. in my location and sharing with friends on, on Foursquare. And there are a lot of unique ways that uh, the next generation of startups will combine these technologies, um, ways we can't imagine, ways that will help, um, in some cases, I, I know of an organization that's helping um, um, physicians when they're giving birth to, or uh, helping mothers give birth, um, get access to that information mm. um, about like the health of the infant, no matter where they are. Um, so it's those types of kind of, I think intersection points that uh as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, we've thought of, but i i I think that the the field is ripe, and you'll see a lot of creativity in ways that we can't currently imagine, but that's where the next generation of uh, uh kind of the Amazons and people like that I think will will start to focus on.
2: Thank you, Chris. Let's turn to our resident angel for today, MR. MR, what's hot in the world of angel investing from your perspective? You've been doing this a long time. You've been doing this, and you you are using your own deep pockets for investing. What appeals to you right now?
3: Yeah, Right now, I'd say intellectually, I'm very, very curious about big data, and uh, this is a space I think we're just starting to see some some interesting companies, but I think this is a market where there's a huge opportunity. If you look at, uh, like Chris said, the number of devices that are getting connected on to the Internet, and you multiply the data that each one of those devices store and operate on, you can imagine that in a few years, there are going to be a new term called exabyte. You know, it's larger than a terabyte. An exabyte Mm -hmm. would hold... 400 or 4, I think 4,000 libraries of Congress, of uh, that wow. much of data in one exabyte, and so I think the world wow. is moving to these very large databases of information. And so, if you can harness all that data and make that meaningful, there could be all kinds of great companies coming out of it. This is a very very difficult problem to solve because of the amount of data and the fact that the data is structured. Some of it is unstructured. Some of it is local. Some comes from phones and GPS locations and and so on and so forth. So the types of data and the amount of data make this a huge problem. But if we can solve how to harness this and make that into meaningful, actionable information, I think there's a whole host of large companies that can kind of come out of this big data space. So that's kind of what I'm looking at at this point in time.
2: Thank you. Sounds very exciting. And let's turn to our resident VC specialist today, Garv Tavari from SAP Ventures. What
5: are you looking for, Garv? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know we're, we're SAP Ventures is a, is a bit very unique in the sense that you know while we tend to be very market focused and we invest for financial returns, we obviously always, also have this very uh, you know, special benefit of uh, being able to leverage SAP and the SAP ecosystem and all the brilliant minds and resources uh, across the world, across 120 countries and 50,000 employees to really help inform our understanding of key trends and also help us evaluate companies, uh, you know, that we look at. So uh, so very, very fortunate to have that dual perspective of of the market as well as uh, the largest enterprise application company in the world uh, as our limited partner. Uh, I'd say to some extent, you know, a couple of the themes that we're very excited about uh overlap with what the other guests have mentioned. Uh, certainly mobility is a huge one with the rise of smartphones and particularly in international and emerging markets, we're seeing people go straight to mobile computing and completely skip the the PC desktop altogether. And I think there are mm-hmm. fundamental <clears throat> businesses to be built on top of uh, the mobile platforms and mobile smartphones that are proliferating Uh Big data was mentioned. You know, one statistic that that's absolutely mind-boggling, there was more data created in 2011 than from the inception of mankind till the end of 2010. So can you, you repeat
2: think, that, please? Can, can you repeat that slowly? I think that's a keeper, and I think Malcolm might want to tweet that. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there was more data created in 2011 than there was from the inception of mankind the end of 2010. Woo. So if you think about that, it is just mind-boggling. How, what an explosion there is happening in exponential growth in the amount of data that is being generated. And I think this big data concept sort of refers to the fact that well, what can we do with all of this? You know, how can we kind of leverage it? If you're a business, there's tremendous insights to be gained. Uh, there's tremendous predictive abilities to be gained in terms of how to run your business better, smarter, more efficiently. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you're a consumer, there's a whole whole bunch of useful services to be provided to you. Uh, you know, I think is uh, you're you're part of this, you know all consumers today are are creators of information. They're also consumers of information. Uh, in fact, that leads me to the third theme, which is social media, which is essentially you know the demo- the Consumerization of the, of the web and consumers having become prolific content creators in their own right. Whether it's, you know, writing on somebody's wall on Facebook or, you know, pinning the next set of styles on Pinterest or, you know, Twitter for that matter. You know, we're generating content and data as we speak on the show. Uh, so social media is another theme That's we're on. super excited about. You know, we see, we see consumer patterns in terms of where do people, individuals spend their time migrating to to the social web, uh, Facebook, Zynga, Twitter, Pinterest in, in a massive way. And we think that, you know, this trend will continue and there will be huge businesses that will continue to be built on top of the social graph that, that Facebook and other companies have helped create. A couple of other themes that, uh, that we are also looking at is, you know, one is cloud, the notion that a lot of computing is now moving to a kind of a in the cloud on demand model that's having some pretty significant implications uh for for uh for for you know types of business models and types of companies that are being formed. Uh we're also looking at the consumerization of IT as a mega trend, which essentially means that you know people who work in companies are now proactively adopting technologies and then eventually the CTO or the IT organization looks at the organizations they say, Well wow, twenty five percent of my people, fifty percent of my people are starting to use the technology Let me figure out a way to bring that within the enterprise in a system, in a, in a, in a kind of a formalized fashion. And that's what we mean Mm -hmm. by the consumerization of IT, a grassroots adoption of technology that's permeating into the corporate world but driven by individual user adoption and initiative. And then finally, I'd say all the infrastructure around all these innovations, right? So as we think about the big data or cloud or social media or, or mobility, there's the next generation of infrastructure that needs to be built from a technology perspective to support all of this. Uh, and so I just invested recently in a company called Violin Memory, for example, that's in the flash memory space, which uh, you know flash memory, mm. again, is part of this mm-hmm. next-generation set of technology that will enable all these businesses and all these me- mega-trends to actually take off.
2: Thank you, Garav. I'm going to introduce the E-word. I I often do this on the show when something seems exciting, and I would say that all three of you are in a, a mode or a business model that sounds exciting to me. Chris, from the perspective of being the idea man or part of an idea team, bringing something new to market, being able to get angel investment, and from MR and others. MR, from the perspective of saying, hey, I've got money. I want to be part of the future. Let me look around and see what's worthwhile for me to invest in and make that part of my total business perspective, my business portfolio, if you will. And Gara, being able to look at hundreds of companies a year and saying, who's got the next great whatever it is? Am I helping to discover and fund another Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, who knows what you might discover. Would you all agree that what what we're talking about today is just plain exciting?
3: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, having been at this for 15 years, you know, I continue to do this for the excitement and the intellectual challenge. You know, and, and money is good too, but I think what really drives all of us is really this, whole concept of being able to make a difference, change the world, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the beauty of what uh, the Bay Area and Silicon Valley brings is the ability to dream and try new things, experiment, and many of them do fail, but when we have breakthrough ideas, I mean, they absolutely change the world.
2: They do. And I have a couple of of routine questions to try and squeeze in in the next two minutes before we take our last break and move to the crystal ball segment. MR, quick question for you. Your advice, when to take investments from customers? We're talking from you as the angel investor in a small startup or a medium startup. When should the company say to their customers, it's okay, you can invest in me, hmm?
3: Yeah, and I think it can be, you can get creative with this, Bonnie. I mean, when I meant taking investment from customers, I meant getting creative and getting them to prepay, uh, the money they would give you anyway or to pay for five years, uh, the, the revenue ah. that you would be getting. And I would try to do that as opposed to give them an equity in the company unless it was such a big and strategic customer that it made sense. So a lot of companies are willing to, when you work with them and you have a good product, they're willing to help you out by paying early, by paying uh, a larger amount over uh, an extended period of time and so forth. So I think uh, you can get creative with these customers and get revenue early as opposed to giving them a stake in the company. Now, you know, once in a while you have a really strategic customer and you may have to give them equity to really have skin in the game. But uh there are many, many ways to do this, and this is these are the kind of discussions we have with uh, our entrepreneurs like Chris all the time. You know How do you generate the money without uh, diluting the capital of the company and at the same time you know making the pie you know bigger and uh everybody has a fair share?
2: Thank you, Mr. You know what? It's time for us to go to break now. And When we come back, it is time for crystal ball. I'm going to ask my guests to look into their crystal ball all the way five years ahead to 2017 and tell me how angels, VCs, and the process of attracting investors will continue to evolve, and will it be anything like what it is today? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.com dot Graham at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag pound sign s-a-p-r-a-d-i-o now let's get back to coffee break with game changers Well, we
2: have one late-breaking coffee news here from Patrick Kay at 50 and 5 Social Media Agency. Patrick, new to tweeting us, is drinking a dark Kona blend with a dash of blackstrap molasses. That's a new one to me. So let's move on, talking about the future. Let's move on to our crystal ball segment, and here's my quote for all of my guests. Business as we've known it is in game-changing mode today for companies of all sizes around the world. Look into your crystal ball and predict how angels, VCs, and the process of being an entrepreneur who's looking for business investors will continue to evolve, and how will it be different by 2017? I'm giving you a minute and a half on the clock. MR from Sand Hill, what do you think? What do you see?
3: So the fundamental process of making an investment in a company, I don't think that's going to change because it's a relationship business. I need to meet Chris as uh, he's the entrepreneur, get to know him, he needs to do the same, Gaurav needs to do the same with his companies, and there's no substitute for that relationship building and meeting people physically and spending a good deal of time. I think what is going to change in five years is the lines between the angel groups and the angels and micro VCs, which is a new group of uh, firms emerging where they're smaller than the VC uh, groups. but bigger than and more formalized than angels. So the lines are blurring in terms of angels, micro-VCs and VCs, because even the VCs are putting in seed investments and so on and so forth. So that whole part of the market is going to change. And I think the exit part of the market could potentially change if the government's relax rules and regulations as to when you can exit. There could be secondary markets where investors and the founders can get some of their money out before they take a company public or before a company gets acquired. You can see this happening today even with Facebook, where a lot of people who are able to sell their shares way ahead of Facebook even being listed on NASDAQ. So I think you'll see uh, the lines blurring between the types of capital and the types of investors, and you might see uh, better liquidity on the back end of deals. I think that's where the things are potentially going to change and will change. But I think in terms of Finding great entrepreneurs, finding the right capital, that's really a relationship uh, kind of a, a process, and that I don't think will fundamentally change.
2: Thank you so much, MR, from Sandhill. Moving on to Gaurav Tavari of SAP Ventures. What do you see five years from today, Garv?
5: Yeah. Well, Bonnie, I think, um, you know, I would say the French have a saying that's quite relevant in this context. They say, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And plus a change,
2: I, plus a la même chose. One of my favorite sayings. Please go ahead.
5: Exactly. Your French accent is far better than mine, so thank you.
2: Merci. <laughs> go
5: ahead. Uh, so I think that the core tenets, right, from an entrepreneur's perspective of selecting the right financial partner, and conversely, I think from an investor's perspective of, you know, how they evaluate a company, how they Gage chemistry with the founding team are really not going to be changing all that much in the next five years you know of course, investment sectors will go in and out of favor so you know for instance you asked us about where we think uh, are are good investment opportunities and we and we gave you a whole bunch mm-hmm. of you know sectors i you know I guarantee you a year from now five years from now, that list will surely evolve uh, because we live we're living in you know an accelerated um, uh, accelerated changing world where you know 5 years ago it's kind of mind boggling to think 5 years ago there was no social media right 10 years ago most people didn't mm-hmm. have a cell phone you know 15 right. to 20 years ago the vast internet was just being in- invented so if you think about the velocity of change the pace of innovation the acceleration of a, uh, in the adoption of of new and disruptive technologies all the trends and all the all the vectors are actually Getting uh, are, are accelerating uh, in in terms of uh, their momentum. So I and so I think those the investment sectors will evolve. You know what constitutes quote unquote market terms in a deal negotiation. You know w- that will surely change. What the flavor du jour of hot companies uh, you know happen to be will, will also will also change. However, I think the underlying tenets of the entrepreneur investor partnership and the qualitative considerations involved in picking the right partner will likely remain quite similar to what they are today.
2: Thank you, Gaurav, from SAP Ventures. And let's turn to our third panelist, Chris O'Connor from Taptera. What do you see five years ahead, Chris, from your perspective as a an entrepreneur, a business idea guy who's looking for funding? What's coming up for the big world of your part of the world?
4: I think I think we're definitely going to see some pretty big changes. Um, I'm taking that entrepreneur's lens, um, instead of the, um, the lens of the, uh, the folks with money. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think to MR's point or discussion we had earlier, there's going to be a lot of focus on that idea to product phase, uh, adding direct ties back to customers. Um, so we're now on the software side in a situation where with very little capital, you can go from idea, um, you know, between different events that folks are hosting there's actually a, a hackathon bus that goes every year from major cities down to a conference in uh Texas that that has entrepreneurs that sit on the bus and literally in 3 days are developing software and trying to bake a product that will get some kind of customer attention um and with the uh wow the social, yeah wow it's pretty amazing <laughs> wow yeah keep going and, and so with that type of kind of flexibility around you know the lowest Initial costs, right because i i don't need my own email servers and i don't need uh, a lot of equipment, you know basically a laptop or a pad and an idea to start generating you know some forms of products we're able to get out in front of customers that must much, much earlier and get customers to either provide a little bit of you know monetary feedback or um, direction directional feedback so I think that initial idea to product start will be pretty easy for the software folks on the um Hardware kind of consumer side, um, that there's a, a, a pretty big push into crowdsourcing some of those initial funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have heard of a company called Kickstarter, but they're now, they now have four ideas that entrepreneurs have brought forward that have raised over one million dollars. One, uh, which is a, a watch, um, actually just eclipsed all of, uh, all of their records, and I think the watch is at four and a half million dollars raised in five days, and those wow. are wow. that's raised by going directly to potential customers and getting their wow. you know, buy-in as well. Um, so definitely a, a new world, and we're going to <clears throat> see that accelerate over the next five years. Uh, it ties into Same. then what Gaurav and MRF said, where when you go to scale, then you, you're looking for that type of you know either institutional or, or wise you know angel investors who can help and offer that guidance, but that initial idea to product start, I think, is going to have a lot of energy and and movement.
2: Thank you for these great ideas and inputs. And, Chris, I'm glad you put on your entrepreneur lens. I love that phrase. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's time for me to talk about the future in terms of what's coming up in the next couple of weeks here on Coffee Break. Next week is April 25th. We're going to be talking about something we've never had on the show, mobile government. Uh Uh-huh. Trends and Realities in the Public Sector. On May 2nd, we'll be back with Anthony Leeper and I believe Esteban Kolsky and Becky Carroll talking about customer service. Is your call center missing the obvious? And huge news, May 3rd is a Thursday. I'm going to be debuting our brand new radio series. In addition to this one, the title will be In the Cloud with Game Changers. We'll be on Thursdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel. And I have some thank yous to Patricia Harris Joan Sherlock Malcolm Kimberlin Wendy Ann Nesbitt Carolyn Brock and thank you also to the guys at 50 and 5 including Patrick Kay and a special thank you and a hug to Ryan, Michael and Brad at the Business Channel we are now using Tyline Codex Solutions and a Mongo headset I'm wearing to try and make the audio quality really stellar I have a special thank you as well to my very special panelists today M.R. Rangaswamy from Sand Hill Group and to Chris O'Connor from Texas. Aptera and of Tavari from SAP Ventures. I've already invited them to come back, and I'm picking a date. I think August 29th will have you back because we have so much more to talk about the world of investing. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be back next week right here on the Business Channel. Have a great week, and think about your next great idea. Bye-bye.